Hello, I'm Taylor. I'm Ryan. And this is Unbetween. On this episode, we have a really good discussion around what it means to be a citizen of heaven. Uh, We see that mentioned throughout scripture, and what we really wanted to do was look closely at that and what that means for our lives, uh, for our behaviors, for our interactions with others. If you have happened to catch the first two episodes, you've seen us really discuss that in in depth. You know, how should we treat others, especially if they have differing viewpoints? How do we foster a relationship and the opportunities for discussion in tense environments? And, And so that's what we're doing here. Really what we see this conversation as being is kind of one of many conversations around our allegiances and where we pledge those where they should and should not lie. I know the conversation was beneficial for Taylor and I, and we enjoyed having this discussion. So hopefully it will be beneficial and enjoyable for you as well. I've spent a great deal of time thinking about what it means to be a citizen of heaven which is the phrase you and I have been kind of tossing around in preparation for this conversation. And some of the stuff that you just described um, is what happens when we forget to which kingdom we belong, I think. Mm-hmm. And, or, or we define that kingdom by things that it isn't. And one of the things that Jesus said was, my kingdom isn't of this world. And I think that most of the time, we read that and we think he's talking about heaven as in like the, the disembodied existence where you're with God after you die or some such thing. Whereas I actually don't think that's what he was talking about, or that's certainly not only what he was talking about, but that his rule and reign as expressed in his people empowered and led by his spirit uh, is going to look very different than the kingdoms, the earthly kingdoms that we live our lives in. I think mm-hmm. what, um, h- how do you think about that phrase? Just the phrase citizen of heaven. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, um, I think it says a lot about how we should live our lives here, um, about what we should do, what we should look to. Uh, I, I remember I used to read a lot of fiction and Ted Decker is a Christian fiction writer that I used to love. And, I remember buying a book once, and I think I halfway thought it was just one of his normal like fiction books. And then I get home and start reading, and I realize that's not what this is. Mm. Um, this is this is like just his thoughts about something that's important to him. And the book was called The Slumber of Christianity. And the whole thing's essentially about the fact that we have fallen asleep to what heaven is. And we, we do not have a passion for what heaven is while we're here on this earth. Yeah, And um, I think that sums it up for me. I think, and this almost sounds bad to say, but I think as American Christians specifically, there are a lot of people who, um, and if not careful, us ourselves, who take more pride in our American residency than our heaven citizenship. Yeah. Not to jump in too deep immediately, but... <laughs> what else would we do? <laughs> Right. Well, and it's, you know, we're, that's where we live. So it's the most obvious example to us. I'm quite certain that it happens to other people in other places. Sure. Um, but, you know, this is where we live and this is what we know. Uh, you mentioned something that I want to hit on. The idea, we're not, we're not actually excited about heaven. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, because heaven is, in a lot of our imaginations, or at least it has been in church, like an eternal church service in the sky with white robes. And if we're honest, I think a lot of us don't even really like church all that much sometimes <laughs> a, as we experience it in America. And so it's like, well, yeah, I'm going to say that that's what I want because I know that's what I'm supposed to say, but I'm actually not excited about it if that's not, if that's what it is. And you find that the more, or, or I found, the more I listen to people who actually had read the Bible, Gosh, that sounds bad. Um, let me let me back back that up a little bit because I don't want to. It's not my intent to throw anybody in the bus because I don't think anybody's going around trying to actively teach you things that they think are wrong. Anyway, there's a lot of influence from like Greek and Platonic ideas and from the Enlightenment and the Renaissance. All this Dante, you know, all this stuff kind of coagulates and forms this picture and if we're not careful we can let that we can be interpreting scripture through the lens of all those other things rather than the other way around that's my brief aside anyway Mm. uh when i actually had people who were really conversant with the scriptures and what they actually had to say about what we call heaven well you you go and read the stuff and it's and it's like oh it's it's almost nothing like i thought it was going to be it's creation it's us embodied ruling creation and enjoying the goodness that god has made for his glory for eternity it's eden basically the way he intended yes and you see and and it's all over the place particularly in the old testament um like uh, isaiah 65 the scene described there they will build houses and live in them It, it paints this picture of god's people living an embodied existence in the way that we were originally intended to and well, that's a much better story than a white-robed church service on the clouds for the rest of forever, in that essentially that we're practicing now for what we're going to be doing forever in the presence of God. And that was a realizing that that's what Scripture actually teaches, that's the picture it actually paints, was really freeing and liberating for me, because now what I do while I'm here has a very direct connection to the new creation I'm going to be when everything is made new. And there was, there's, yeah. that's actually hopeful now to me. And it totally changed the way I thought about kind of the trajectory of our lives as people of God and what they should be about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and it's kind of funny as you think about that, and, and even looking back to the fact that we may not be really desiring the things of heaven based on on what we've heard i mean i I think about times in my life where um it's easy to say you know well i can't wait for heaven or i I desire but i I almost think of times when i was younger where it was really easy to say well you know what yeah i'm ready for heaven but let me get through high school first (laughs) let me enjoy this yeah and then it's let me get through let me get married yeah no i want to have kids there's always something more Mm mm-hmm for some reason that we want to stay on earth for. And that's, that's telling because that means that either we're so confused and messed up and so very selfish that we look at the things of God and we say, no, I don't want that. Now there's some truth to that because sometimes we definitely do that. Or the picture of heaven that's been painted for us is utterly unengaging. Mm-hmm. There's probably both, both of those things going on. Yeah, and, and I think, and, and I don't know, I've had plenty of discussions with people who, 
you know, you have these discussions about, well, when we look at heaven and the description heaven gives, is that literal or metaphorical? And then, and I, I don't know. I can't say I've got all that figured out, but I do think either way, it's very telling if we're saying it's even metaphorical that there's streets of gold that, you know, we're, we're comparing streets, what we walk on, what is underneath our feet is, is gold in heaven, right? All these things that we think are so precious and important ultimately do not matter. Yeah. Um, I think that's a pretty clear picture of that either way, you know, something we, we prize here and hey, buy it now because it's going to hold its value even though the rest of the world's going crazy. And, yeah. and you know what? We're going to walk on it in heaven. Um, that, that's basically it's worth there. I, I mean, that's just an aside and I could be very, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know where I'm at on that really. Well, with, he, here's the thing though, uh, going back to what we said earlier, we're real good at zooming in really close and taking one sentence or one thing and building out an entire uh, theology or philosophy out of it. So the mm -hmm. stuff about the streets of gold is at the end of Revelation, and it's not talking about new creation, it's talking about new Jerusalem. So it's only right. one relatively small part of the whole thing. And mm. what captures my imagination from those passages at the end of Revelation much more than the idea that there are streets of gold is that the, uh, this is in 21 and 22, I think, um, it talks about that the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into the city of God and that the glory and the honor of the nations will be brought and offered up to God. There are nations in heaven. Okay. Yeah. Like there are still, the earth is still there. It's been renewed and, you know, cleansed of all this garbage. And I mean, think about nations, think about culture, think about all the different races and all of the different beauty that God has caused to be thinking, think about traditional African clothing Think about food from all the corners of the world. Think about, you know, Latin mosaic and Native American art and all that stuff is going to be there. Enjoyed mm -hmm. and, and offered up to God in sacrifice and gratitude and joy as it was intended to be, you know, redeemed. Yeah. Like that's in the scriptures. Okay. Let's talk. Who, who cares what the pavement is made out of? Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, like exactly. the, the, that's what gets me about it is like, how are we ignoring all this other awesome stuff to zoom in on this one particular thing? That is only one mm. very small piece of the picture of a renewed universe that, Absolutely. that is also like it, um, in other parts of scripture, it talks about creation groaning to waiting to be renewed in more mm -hmm. than one spot. It talks about that and that it isn't just that Christ came and died for us. He did, but also so that the law of sin and death would be put away in creation forever and that everything would be as it, w it was intended to be. Um, you've heard the word shalom, of course, I think mm -hmm. many of us have, and I guess translated peace. I think I talked about this on the last one yeah, so i don't know on the last episode uh but it's everything in its place it's everything as it was supposed to be and that is a wonderful picture of what eternity with god is going to be like and that's worth getting excited about and that's worth me living in light of that now right right yeah and, and i think that's important because Again, it, just what you're saying, our citizenship is there. That's where we should be excited about. We should be vested in that. We should be passionate about where we're ultimately from. And I think 
it's tough because where we reside, where we are currently, really tries to pull us from those things yeah. and from the joy that that is in those things, in my opinion. For sure. I mean, and I think, I think that's where it's easy for me to go, um, is, you know, how, how should we live differently with that citizenship? You know, what, what should be different? What awakens that passion? Um, what eyes should we be looking at the world with if we are citizens of heaven as opposed to, you know, a citizen of America or, you know, wherever? Yeah, so... Uh it's not that we are in the business of telling other people what to do or what to think or what to believe, but at the same time, we do have our convictions. So mm-hmm. some of those things you just mentioned, what, what are some of the ways that you think, how should we respond to that? What does it look like for you, I guess? That would be a better way to put it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I took a, a class, and I've, I've mentioned the class on maybe in the first episode, but... Um, a class called Perspectives of the World Christian Movement that was is really a challenge to open up your the way you view the world. Um, part of that being as an American, you know, or as a Christian or as whatever. Um, are you viewing the eyes based on the worldview you know, or are you viewing the world through the eyes of God? Mm. And, and I think if we're going to be citizens of heaven, which we are, again, it's, it's in the Bible, it's... Uh, you know, I, I don't. It's in there a bunch of times. The the specific verse I've looked at is Philippians three twenty, uh, that talks about us being citizens of heaven and and eagerly waiting for our Savior. And if if that's what we are and what we're doing, I think we should look at the world the way God does. And that's very different than the way I have looked at it as an American. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if 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 that makes sense, just yeah, I, it's very easy to close it off or to look at what we see in the media are politicized and view it as that when um you know god's doing things bigger than what what we see there uh you know and, and in that course there's even things pointed out about you know so and and not to give like views either way but i mean it's very easy for people to get upset about um refugees coming to america you know or things like that and well this is our country you know it's we're not going to be protected and in this class even points out you know, maybe God is bringing them here so that they have a chance to hear the word of God. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there's people who would not hear it otherwise, but because they're brought here, they're able to. Yeah. You know, not that there's someone voluntarily going to them, but involuntarily they're being brought here. And so it's just little things like that that um, if I'm worried about my American citizenship, I'm, I'm worried about those things. Yeah. And, and the point of this conversation, I think, at least for me, and I, I think I can speak for you in this regard, is we do not want to tell you what to think, who to vote for, how to how to vote, what to vote for. None of that. We don't want to tell you what political party you should be or even what you should do in response to any of these questions. The point for all of us is to keep in step with the spirit and to be willing to check ourselves and say, okay, am I looking at this situation through the lens? Am I looking at this through my father's eyes or through my own or through my tribe or through my political party or through the eyes of the country I live in or the denomination, whatever it is, all of this stuff can get in the way of us seeing people the way that God sees them, as Mm -hmm. you were saying a minute ago. Yeah, absolutely. Because we have convictions, we have opinions. And, and I think that's going to be something that we have to be careful with kind of in the, you know, we used the word tension last um, episode. In this tension we're in, 
it would be very easy for people to look and say, oh, well, so y'all just don't have an opinion on any of this? And that's not the case. No. <laughs> but it's not about what our opinion is. You know, first of all, we want off we want to see, you know, what does God say about this? And that's where we want to go. Yeah. Um, but then we also want to be in a place where I feel Christ was, where he was having those tough conversations with people and putting himself in positions to um, listen to people who weren't being listened to. Yeah. And then talk with people who needed someone to talk to and and, and be something no one else could be. And man, every doesn't everybody want to claim Jesus is theirs? <laughs> you know, he hates who they hate. He loves who they love and he represents who they represent. And um, one of the things that he doesn't do is behave. Dang it. <laughs> like you read the scriptures and he's hanging out like with everybody. And yeah. he is both extending grace and critique to to, in some way to everybody that he's around depending on what it is that they need and need to hear and you know you could say he's really hard on the Pharisees but then some of them come to him and they, and they say look this is all I've known help me understand and he doesn't send them away he's like alright I'll help you I mean Nicodemus mm-hmm. comes to mind that, that whole episode where this guy who is of the ruling spiritual elite in Jewish society then and he says hey I'm, I'm just trying to follow God here Help me understand yeah. what it is that you're talking about. And Jesus does. Other times, like in Matthew 27, you have all the, this list of woes <laughs> that's a mile and a half long about, hey, here's some things y'all really need to fix. And you see him eating with beggars and, quote, sinners, and he uh, and lepers and whoever else. But at the same time, they, those people don't leave his presence unchanged. They have to make a decision how they're going to respond to him. And none of them to the best of my recollection, come away from those encounters the same person. And uh, Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I mean, I think there's a decision that has to be made, especially if you're, if we believe that, if we believe we're citizens of heaven, you know, that there's a point in our lives where you have to decide what's more important to you. Yeah. Um, and no, that's, that's not a decision we can make for you. But, and I don't think it's a decision you make and you've got it figured out. You know, I think it's something that we're constantly back and forth with because of things that happen. Again, back to my my point, I, that there's always something to look forward to here. Yeah. Um, you know, that that we want to see, we want to do. You know, now that I've got kids, well, guess what? One day, I wouldn't mind seeing my grandkids, right? Yeah. So it's easy to say, God, wait, come back then. But if we truly have a passion for heaven, it's, um, you know, God, restore us to, to you as soon as possible. You know, well, as soon as our whole- work here is done. Yeah, and the whole the whole point of for us anyway of Christ dying is that he he makes a way for the rule and the reign of God to come home to us, if you will. In that now everything is spiritual. There is no part of your life or the lives of the people around you that God's spirit is not looking to animate and activate and bring under his rule. Not because he's a control freak, but because he is the source of all things good. And he prepared the good in advance for us to step into because that is when we, to quote something that Jay said uh, in our last episode, go listen to the uh, episode two, Jay Newman interview. (laughs) Uh, It's when we're most human. It's when we are stepping into that shalom of all things in, in their place when we allow every aspect of our lives to be to be nudged and guided by the spirit into what it's supposed to look like and the more we step into that now the more 
we look like the kingdom we're a part of, the more people can tell, oh, that guy is a citizen of... I think that's the way that it's supposed to be. Yeah. Not because you've got your life together or figured I, out. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, well, and, and, and even what came up last week, too, is a lot of times we're scared because we realize if we're truly going to follow Jesus and truly going to listen and allow the spirit to move us, um, it may move us somewhere we, we really aren't comfortable with. Oh, it, it will. It will. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Man, it. I'm of an age now that there are some good habits that I have that I have been doing them long enough to see the effects of them in myself as a person. Like there are what's things. That? I'm getting close then, right? <laughs> what, what's that? <laughs> so yes. I don't know if I'm there yet. Well, I'm, I'm certainly not there. It's, it's just that... Um, there are areas of growth in my life where I've, with the help of people who care about me and God, of course, I've had to overcome um, some really bad and unhelpful thoughts and thought patterns and behaviors and, and, and things like that. And I'm far enough past the worst of some of those things to be able to look back and say, hey, I'm not quite the same guy that I was. And I can see the results of the work of the Spirit in my life and the love of God, both through the connection I have with Him, you know, talking to Him directly, and also through the other people around me who are also listening to Him and feeding me and sharpening me and all those kinds of things. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's no, there's no substitute for what the sharpening of God's whetstone does to you. And you can't shortcut that and you can't bottle it. You know, it's, you can't buy it on a shelf and it doesn't fit on a, in an Instagram caption. Right. Uh, but it's, uh, it's the in the trenches day to day. You will not see the results of this for another eight months kind of thing that God calls us to. It's discipleship. It's apprenticeship to our rabbi. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, that doesn't sell very well. And unfortunately, it's, it's really difficult to even motivate yourself to step into that. And it's only on the other side of having had some growth that you can look back and see, oh, that's what God was up to. I get it now. And that may not necessarily yeah. mean that tomorrow morning that it'll be any easier, but at least now I have a framework for some of what that looks like. Yeah, well, and, and we were talking earlier about, I don't know that any of it will make it on the podcast, but beforehand at least we were talking about um, how we do a disservice to Scripture and the way we read it. And, and I mean, you mentioned that verse where iron sharpening iron. And, um, you know, that, that's such a common verse to see in front of a men's ministry, you know, yeah. thrown on there. And, and, and we're talking men's ministry. And I'm not knocking men's ministry, but, I mean, I mean, you're talking men's ministries that may do a Bible study once a year or may um, have, like, some fellowship meal or something like that. And, and those aren't bad things, but... But that's not necessarily iron sharpening iron. Like the sharpening process is rough and cruel. Yeah. And I mean, it's pieces of metal talking about off. metals scraping each other off, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's, it's not something pleasant. And we use it to be, oh, this fellowship of brothers. No, this is war. Like, mm. this is your brother literally being there for you in a way that sometimes is way tougher than you want it to be. But yeah. when we allow verses to be used for that little bit, for the Instagram post, for the, you know, the ministry, for the this or that, sometimes we, we really lose meaning of what it is. And I, 
I've got a few of them in my mind. I've had moments where people, brothers and sisters, but particularly brothers in Christ have come to me and said, dude, what are you doing? Do you know how the way that you're acting is affecting the people around you? You need to quit mm-hmm. that. <laughs> and that yeah. is, uh, it's a lot easier to talk about than it is to experience. And it's very unwelcome, if we're honest. We do not want that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want somebody moving my cheese, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's it. I mean, if we if we truly understood what that verse meant, would anyone be signing up to be a part of that ministry? No. You know? <laughs> I, I don't... Th- it's like we were saying earlier. Uh, the idea that you can just more or less be yourself as long as you're a more or less decent person and go to your religious service every now and again and crack this book once in a while, and that's what the Christian life is about. That's a really attractive idea. All this talk about growth and sharpening and taking up your cross and dying to yourself, who wants to do that? What kind of an idiot yeah. would sign up for this? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I think we've got to be honest with that. None of us would want to. Yeah, you know, and and, um, and I think I think that's why Jesus has been so easily co-opted by all these other kingdoms that are vying for our allegiance. Because ultimately as you said, we're signing up for war whether we realize it or not. And I think a lot of the time that we find out we don't actually like war <laughs> and mm. it's a lot easier to to go one of these other routes in which your thinking is done for you and you know who you're supposed to hate and who you're supposed to love and you get what you want out of it. And that's all well and good, but that's not uh, that's not what the kingdom of heaven is about. Hmm. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. Thank you. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, I mean I I don't know and I and I, I feel like it's easy to get away from but I think we're right uh, we're, we're really right around this conversation with all of this. I mean um kind of back to it. What is what is being a citizen really look like and and I I don't know. I I was laying the other day and started writing something down and my wife looked at me and was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I, I just thought of something. Let me write. Like, hold on. Because I had to get these thoughts out and I meant to send it to you. I will at some point. But but I was reading someone's post and they essentially said something to the fact of, I know I'm going to lose some followers over this. And for the first time ever, it took me back reading the words, I know I'm going to lose some followers over this. Hmm. And it's someone posted on Facebook. You know what they mean. They're, they're talking about their Facebook followers. Yeah. But the fact that we feel like we should have followers, that any of us feel like <laughs> oh, we've got this pedestal man. and we should have followers with us and, um, oh, we're going to lose our followers or, I, we, man, I, for some reason it slapped me in the face that this Dude. is messed up for the first time. Dude, um, I'd never We're not looking to follow, follow Christ. We're not looking to lead people to a point where they can follow Christ. We're looking to have our own followers that will follow us first, you know. Yeah. Um. And for whatever reason, I don't know, never thought that before, but it, it just, it was tough for me to read. Huh. Just that, that terminology being used for something as... I got to go chew on that for a while. That's Yeah, uh, I'll send you my thoughts. I, you may correct me and sharpen me and show me my wrong, but it just, I don't, it really kind of made me uneasy. Um, 
That's a good way to put it. There, you, you see something and you don't even necessarily know what you think about it, but it's like, oh, I don't, hmm. I don't like that. I gotta go yeah. think about that. Yeah. And here, here, here's, 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 here's another thing about that is in, in our current climate, there is no room for that response of, ooh, hmm. I'm not sure about that. Let me go ponder. You're not allowed to have that. Yeah, like you, you belong to this tribe, so this is your response to that. You're supposed to know what you think about it, whether it's political or philosophical or theological, whatever it is. You're supposed to be in a camp somewhere. You're supposed to have mm -hmm. a perspective and an opinion formed. And it's like, there is, like, scripture is going to put you in that exact position over and over and over. In, because you will be put on the anvil and you will be hammered repeatedly until you are a shape that is of use. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, like that's, uh, that's the process that God uses to shape us, to conform us to the image of his son, as it says in, I think, Colossians. And, uh, you know, iron sharpening iron comes back to it because he's like, you ever, you ever seen a sword made? They beat the living crap out of them <laughs> yeah. over and over. Oh, yeah. Then they dunk them in some water and then they beat them again. <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's really intense. And if there's a crack, you start out. I mean, exactly. You know, I, yeah. I, I get addicted at times to forged in fire and like just watching this process of people making um, weapons and in this hunk of steel that seems immovable that can be so quickly shaped when put under some pressure and some yeah. heat. And, um, and that's what it's about. I, th I think we're supposed to be formed. I think. You know, there's multiple verses throughout Scripture that compare us to things to be shaped. Yeah. Not shaped to a good American Christian, whatever that looks like, but shaped to, I think, the form of a citizen of heaven, mm. the form of what we're talking about, you know. And, and I think that's what it all comes back to. I mean... Um, and man, let's, uh, let's be honest. You can beat an edge or you can sharpen a piece of iron relatively quickly. You can do it in a few minutes and have something there. The edge mm -hmm. will not last. And after yeah. the second or third time you hit something with it, it's going to break. It's going to bend. Dull, it's going to roll. Yeah. And yes. And it will no longer be fit for what you're trying to use it for. And if we're trying to, if we build our foundation on things that don't last, if we orient ourselves to pursue things that moth and rust will corrupt, when it comes time to swing that sword at something, it it's only going to last as long as what you've put into it. And if we have not allowed ourselves to be shaped to look more like our Savior and respond as he would, we're not going to be able to survive those battles. Like our, our faith will not come through intact in or unscathed if we've not taken the time to build it. Right. Yeah. Yep. Because that's not faith. I mean, that's just... That's that's living on a prayer in, in some sense, you know. I mean, um, I feel like every every episode we end up coming to some like noteworthy song and somehow that but, we can't play because no, I mean, we don't want to pay rights, <laughs> right? But that's that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's it's hoping that your your Sunday school and your church service are going to get you through. Yeah. And again, that's that's not what this is about. Um, Man, I remember this was gosh, like over a decade ago. I was listening to a radio interview with some with some politicians. I think they were local, but uh, there was one gentleman who said he was asked a question. He responded to it, and it was a really like concise, forceful response, or at least it seemed like it was. 
and he said something about I, I just don't think this that we can solve our problems with the business end of an m16 and i was like oh that's good but then mm. as the conversation went on he continued to repeat that same phrase and what i realized was oh you have one phrase you have a hammer in your toolbox and that is all and yeah. it, it became clear that like oh you just have a couple of stock ideas stock phrases and you're just trying to like get all the mileage you can out of it yes and it was yeah. it was so obvious and so if i can use the word cringy it was just like man uh, that doesn't look good on you yeah <laughs> you know that's that's not gonna get you where you where you want to go yeah well and 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 thinking about that you know even even the word cringy if it makes us as believers cringe mm. think about what it does to those who aren't where we're at you yeah. know um and and i think that's what we've got to be careful with again kind of using our what we're, we're talking about as a citizen of heaven you know are we, are we treating those who aren't or aren't yet there in a way where are we treating them unfairly by expecting them to have the same thoughts, beliefs, actions as we do? Totally. Or are we operating and communicating in a way to where there's freedom for them to be who they are? You know, and again, back to last week, not who they may become or will be, but who they are in the moment trying to get there. Yeah. Yeah, because um, I think it's easy to forget that if somebody is not following Christ, they're dead in their sin as the mm. scripture says, and that is all they are capable of in the sense that, um, you know, it, it's, it's not just about thinking the right thoughts. This isn't Gnosticism, you know, that we, that we follow. We believe in a real God who has a real spirit, who really came here as a human and did real things and continues to do real things that we cannot explain or do on our own. Like that's, I'm aware of how ludicrous that sounds in today's modern rationalistic society i'm gonna i'll put that in air quotes Jeez, but that's the reality of it um and we fundamentally believe that there is something different when the spirit of god indwells somebody who surrenders to him and that your life is different after that and that he empowers you and he leads you and he equips you through his spirit to live the kind of life that he's asking you to live and if you are not following Christ, you don't have that. That's a fundamental mm. difference. And so expecting citizen of heaven behavior from somebody who isn't is is very unkind at best and yeah. absolutely insane at worst. Yeah. And that's not yeah. to say that we don't call evil evil and we don't call bad bad. It isn't that. It's just that you, you have to understand somebody who is not following Christ is not capable of those mm-hmm. things. Yeah, so are we treating them with love and respect as as a human as a creation of christ or are we treating them hatefully yeah you know by um the way we're, we're communicating with them and uh, again you know uh, if we're trying to talk with them in the way that, that we talk about on here where we can actually have conversations you know you're gonna you're gonna communicate differently yeah you know, they may be in the wrong but is that the first conversation i'm gonna have is Oh, hey, you're a sinner and going to hell. I just thought you should know that. I'm Ryan. You know, <laughs> yeah, or yes. do, do we try and get to know someone and build a relationship there to where, you know what? Maybe they even have a reason to listen to us. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, why don't you sign up to go to this eternal church service in the sky? 
right yeah uh-huh. it's very compelling isn't it yeah and again if we as christians don't want to be sharpened you you've got to understand Whew. that those who aren't where we're at even with that declaration um they're not ready yeah well it's what is it about our lives that is any better than anybody else's and that's a question we should really stop and think about Mm -hmm. is if somebody walked into your house and looked around would they be able to tell people you work with people you go to school with people you play golf whatever it is are they aware of the difference God has made in your life. And not just have you handed them a tract or have you sung a song around them or done something overly, quote, Christian or churchy. I don't think that is actually a good measure of these kinds of things. But how are you treating people? How available yeah. are you when they need help? Are you investing in them? Do they know that you care about them? How will they know you're, you're Christians? By your love for each other, the scripture mm-hmm. says. And uh, that's really the measuring stick by which you can tell where somebody's citizenship is. Yep, absolutely. And of course, you know, we're at different levels of maturity and we're all at different spots in our lives and in our relationship with God. And we we have grace for each other in that, but we're all being called to the same kinds of things. Sure. Yeah. And and I I think that's where we've got to be careful too. I mean, it's easy for us to look at... um, at it kind of as us and them but i mean i think we also have to understand there are people within us that truly aren't there either um you know that there are people in the church who are lost uh we we talked to uh, you i won't say it as eloquently as you did last week but you talked about when things get tough or people realize something um has pushed them that there's kind of these three things we do and it's either i think you said to entrench to deconstruct or to disengage disengage Yeah. yeah and so I think there are even people within our within our church who they found something that's not quite what they want it to be about God, or, or they've been told wrong and they haven't studied it themselves. You know, I think there's probably some of that as well. But because of that, they've completely, you know, um, well, J, I think Jay said throwing the the baby out with the bathwater essentially, and and because of that one little thing, they're not willing to even um, learn more about who Christ is. You know, so it becomes this, well, I like who Christ is, but, you know, there's all this other stuff I don't like. So I'm just going to set it aside. And it's it's uh, kind of escalated by this this pressure to dissociate, you know, that is Mm -hmm. in our current climate, which is if you don't agree with something, have nothing to do with it. If that person messes up, you know, it's the appearance of one strike and we're done with you forever. And that's you see that in in every camp lately it seems like yeah absolutely and if your faith is just built on the instagram post anyway then it's the sword thing again is that that edge is not going to hold up under pressure Hmm. if there's nothing to anchor it to yeah i saw something uh, this past week uh preston sprinkle posted something theologian posted something online and of course there were a gazillion replies to it mm-hmm. and it was political in nature and it was talking and there were all these replies like well if you voted this way there's no way you can be a christian and then exactly the opposite as well well yeah but at least they don't support da 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 because if you vote this way or if you're this then you support this and that means you can't be a and i was just like y'all 
what 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 are we doing people are watching you know yeah. like this they will know us by how we own each other on twitter i mean I, <laughs> yeah i, I, I it was just I think it, it was a prime example. And I don't say this in any kind of judgmental way because I think we've all done it, but it, it was a prime example of this. We're allowing our allegiance to be subverted by mm. other things. If we can look at somebody else who claims I follow Christ and say, because of this other external thing that, has, that may or may not have anything to do with your personal walk with the Lord, I am saying that you are not a follower of Christ. That's a problem. And, and I don't think if you look at either side of the spectrum, you can go. And, and again, yeah, it, the the issues that are in the media is not an extensive list of where every party falls on everything, right? Yeah. There's, there's some common ground there. Um, so there are believers who you know, are fine with both ways or whatever. But um, I don't think it's that easy to say I'm a believer, so I vote this way. Oh, totally. Um, I don't think you go can go down and say, I'm a Christian, so here's where I fall on this. Because a lot of what is put in the media or what is co-opted by parties is not even a, sometimes a Christian, non-Christian issue. There yeah. are some, for sure, um, that I stand firmly behind. But... Um, you know that that's not what all of it is yeah and I think I think there are a lot of people who are not on one end of the spectrum or the other who are really struggling to try to make sense of okay so what do I do <laughs> what's, what's the lesser of evils is kind of the question yes. they they have every four years yeah yeah and I think you have to have grace for people not mm to excuse evil but and, and here's the other thing that is really there's a really important part of the conversation the kingdom of God does not come about through politi political means mm. in the sense that the, the kingdom of God is administered by the spirit of God through his people doing stuff so no matter what laws are on the books no matter the religion of the person who sits in the overall oval office or on the king's throne the call to the individual is still love god love your neighbor and mm. it may be more advantageous or convenient for you based on where you live and what the political situation is but the call is the same and the kingdom moves forward primarily in those ways it's not that god doesn't ever use governments for stuff but a lot of the talk about god using governments in the scriptures is pretty negative it has to do with yeah. punishing people and using the sword against people and i'm going to raise these people up to teach you folks a lesson like it's not happy stuff a lot of the time and insofar as we are trusting if we can just get these kind of judges if we can just get our guy in the white house or keep that guy or girl out of the White House, or if we can just pass these laws, or let's get this governor, whatever it is, insofar as we're trusting that and spending more of our time and our energy on that than we are trying to really love people as Christ would love them, then we've got our priorities out of whack. It's not yeah, to say we're that God. the wrong thing. Exactly. 
It's not to say that God can't or doesn't use any of those things, because I think he does and he has. But they were never the primary way that this thing was going to happen, or that's what he would have done while he was here. But it isn't. Yeah. Instead, he started a peasant revolution on the back side, like in backwater nowhere of the Roman Empire. It's very backwards and upside down, the way that he did it. And I think, and for the first 300 years of Christianity, that's how it was, really. Mm. And... I think we forget that at our peril as people of faith living in the modern world now. Absolutely. Well, and, and, and you see in Scripture, you know, Jesus was not who they expected him to be. No, not at all. He didn't come how they expected. I think we've allowed our expectations to cloud um, what God's plan really is, which we don't know that, and that's what makes it tough, but uh, n- not entirely, right? Yeah. Um, but... We've allowed what we see and what we think and what we um, picture our country, town, city, whatever, what we picture it as to, to be the image of what God should be doing. And that's just not how God works. He's not our genie, right? I mean, yeah. And that man was this, uh, it's easy to miss this being that we're 2,000 years later on the other side of the world reading the scriptures in a different language, but... There was a lot of really subversive, gnarly stuff going on. Mm. Um, so the, the, good, the story of the Good Samaritan, which I'm sure many of us have heard a gazillion times, is actually really scandalous because Samaria um, was where the um, Israel was split into um, Israel and Judah to the, the divided kingdom. And the Samaria was the capital of, let's see, I'm going to get this wrong. <laughs> uh, Samaria was the capital of the tribes who by and large were apostate. Their kings did not follow God, almost all of them. And so they had the, um, Jerusalem was not there. They set up a, a different system of worship outside of the sanctioned one that was in Jerusalem associated with the temple. So they wanted to have their cake and eat it too, basically. And they added all these other different customs into the worship of the God of Israel that weren't supposed to be there. And then when Babylon came in and cleared everybody out, eventually a whole bunch of other people got settled in that area that were not Israelites. So they brought in their customs and their gods and their religion. So you have this weird like mishmash, hodgepodge of different ideas and religions kind of mixed in with the Israelite worship of God. And this, one of these people is the one that Jesus chooses to make the hero of his parable. No Jewish person would have missed this. Okay. Uh, But it's the Samaritan who loves the Jewish guy the way that God wanted him to. And it was all the Jewish people in the story, the Israelites, who did not love their own countrymen the way that God wanted them to. That's pretty politically scandalous. Mm-hmm. The way, um, and you had, in Jesus' disciples, you had people like Peter, who was a, relig- a violent religious fundamentalist. Call him what he is. Like, he's... Do you want us to call down fire on these people? And like, he he was a zealot. You can read up on what the zealots did. Some of the other people who, who are made mention of in the scripture as starting like riots and getting groups and going off into the desert. That's the kind of 
people these folks were. They were political revolutionaries. And Jesus has people like Peter, but then he also has people like Matthew who were tax collectors for the Roman Empire, like they're turncoats, traitors to their, mm-hmm. their Jewish heritage. And he's like, okay, y'all, <laughs> we're going to get together and we're going to do a thing. Like it, we, we tend to miss all this stuff, but the, yeah. the call to set aside these other allegiances and to follow Christ was just as scandalous then as it is now. And it hasn't really, people haven't changed really. These are not new problems we're having. They had them then and, and we have them now too. And, uh, but, the, but the call is the same. Yeah. And the elected official did not change the problem. No. You know, the problem still existed. They were still there. Um, because our, our problem isn't laws. Our, our problem is sin. You know? Yes. For sure. And, and I think what both ends of the spectrum politically and theologically miss is that there's this idea, whichever camp you happen to be a part of, there's this idea, if we can just do whatever, then it'll be the way God wants it to be. Or if we can just get everybody thinking the right thing, then we'll get to that utopia that we want. Or if we can just get back to the way it was then, then God will be able to. This is the same thing that that uh, the Jewish nation was facing at the time of Jesus because they had been exiled by God to Babylon. They were finally allowed to come back, but they couldn't follow God the way that they wanted to because they were under Roman occupation. Who They were the ones calling the shots. They couldn't do what they wanted to do. And so they were desperately trying to follow uh, the Torah as best they could and trying to bring God's favor back to them basically mm-hmm. is the way that it was at the time. Does this sound familiar <laughs> in mm-hmm. any way? And then there were a bunch of other people who were like, no man, we've got to, you know, we've got to update things for today and we've got to, you know, some of that stuff's okay, but there's, you know, we've moved on from some of this stuff. And if we can just get past some of this baggage, then we can truly be the kind of people that God wants it's the same right. thing, you know, mm-hmm. there's nothing new under the sun. And the reality is that neither of those things are possible. Neither of those things, I, I don't think, ultimately are the solution to the problem of human sin. And it's, right. it's not that neither of those camps have a point or, or that there's nothing good there. But ultimately, it's not the solution. Yeah. There's so many places you can go with that. <laughs> Such as? Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Some of this is easy to get going on, and it's, it takes me many places, and then I get done, and I'm like, what did I figure out? And it's like, oh, nothing, because <laughs> it's just, I mean, what do you do, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I think that's the thing. There, there's not, it's not like you come out of here with a battle plan. Your no. call is still listen to God's voice, follow where he's leading you. Love mm-hmm. God and love people well. And that was, it's the same now as it was 2,000 years ago. And that there's no easy, uh, there's no easy Instagram way to do that, really. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, love all people well. Yeah. Not just those in, in your tribe, not those in your group, not those Dang who it, are Ryan. I don't want to do that. Citizens of where you're a citizen of, but, um, you know, people who who are against you. And I think when we do that, I think when we love, when we look through God's eyes, which we talked about when we understand, hey, I'm, I'm a citizen of heaven and there's more to that. 
I think we should see ourselves change. Um, uh, you know, I, if you can look back and nothing in your, I don't know what the right word is. I hate to say belief system, but if God has not changed something about your life in the last 10 years, five years, honestly, even one year, because he's constantly showing me new things. Um, I think there's some questions, you know? Yeah. And again, I'm not here to say, well, you're not doing what you should or this or that. But, um, I, as someone who wants to sharpen others and be sharpened myself, if there's ever a point where you find yourself not growing or changing to look more like Christ, there's a problem. If there's ever a point where you say, Hey, I'm doing pretty good here. Man, you've got a problem. Yeah, um, that's, that's pretty astute, yeah. Well, we've solved nothing. No, had a good therapy but session, though. That was you never know? the point, was it? No. I mean, yeah, sometimes it's not about solving, it's just about addressing. You said it, listening and relating. Yeah, yep. I don't know. I th- Yeah, I think you're right. It's just about, and even just being willing to talk about it. I mean, with someone who... You can. Uh, I, th- I think that's even about maybe what a lot of this is for us, even with the podcasting is, I mean, do I, do I think we're going to wake up in six months and have a thousand listeners? Probably not. But um, it, even if it was just us, like, I think it's good for us to have this and these conversations and and to talk through it. Um, are we going to solve the world's problems? No, but we're going to... Um, probably sharpen each other in the process and, and look at things differently and look at things that we're looking at on our own together. I mean, I, I just, I, I can't see where there's not value in that, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause it's, you know, it's not a means to an end. It is the end mm-hmm. in that uh, ultimately we're just trying to sharpen each other and hope, yeah. hope that as, through that process, if we invite other people to join us in it, that it will help them. Yeah. I mean, back to that community part, like you've got to have something there or you're just, I mean, you're, you're just spinning your wheels. Um, and let's be clear, community of people who will actually sharpen you, not who will tell you what you want to hear. That's a good or point. Not who are scared to engage on the real stuff with you. And I think that uh, that is what's needed, but it's also what's, in my experience, difficult to find because it is so, I mean, circles back to what we started talking about in the beginning. Uh, this is a different kind of allegiance. This is mm-hmm. a different kind of kingdom and the things required of the soldiers in this army. Uh, you know, a lot of, t- a lot of times we see, oh, well, that's not what I signed up for. I don't, I don't think I want that. That's uncomfortable and that takes time and effort and, I don't want to hear this person's dirty laundry <laughs> yeah. and I don't want them to hear mine, you know, and, uh, but it's, it's the only game in town as they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, you're, you're right. If, if you're a citizen of heaven, this is what it is. And, um, I mean, you, you don't have to be okay with it, but I'd start questioning what that means, you know, um, yeah. if you're not willing to, to be what we're pretty clearly instructed to be. And a lot of, and again, like we talked about before we started this, this episode is supposed to be a jumping off point because there's mm-hmm. so many other things to talk about, but we have to start with establishing to, where is our primary allegiance because that yeah. is how we filter all this other stuff. 
Because if we don't yeah. start with that, then that skews the way we see our country or war or law or whatever else that yeah. we might zoom in on later. Well, and, and I hope I hope our listeners can track with us because I think it's easy to perceive that or think that we're possibly jumping around when this is all very closely tied together. Um, well, the point of it is not to say this is what you should think, but that this is what you should think about. Hmm. Because as you said in the in the initial conversation in the intro episode, being in the middle is sometimes a position, and and it's not. You have to be willing to live in the tension between, well, this may not be as clear-cut as you thought it was going to be. And what we're trying to get people to do is to, is to engage with these things and say, no, don't just, don't, just do, don't just think and say what your tribe is thinking and saying. Don't take the easy way out. Don't do the three hits of the hammer and call that an edge. Don't, you know, call, or call that sharpening. Uh, yeah. you got to be willing to sit in the tension and let the tension affect you and mm-hmm. you'll come out on the other side of it more fully formed and stronger for it alright well that's going to wrap up episode 3 of the Unbetween podcast and I hope that you all enjoyed it as much as we did I hope that it benefited you somehow that you got something out of it if so we want to know that uh, we'd ask you to do a couple things You know, one you can review, rate and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on Two, and more importantly, shoot us an email. Let us know your thoughts, your critiques, your guest and topic suggestions, questions, all of that. Shoot us that in an email at unbetweenpodcast at gmail.com, and we will get back with you. We want to have that conversation with you. Last thing I'll ask, we're not on social media for a reason, at least as a page, and that's because we want this thing to grow more word of mouth than anything. So as you're listening and hearing these conversations, if there's something that makes you think or that you makes you think of someone Uh, shoot them a message and let them know, hey, uh, I thought you might get something out of this and and share the podcast with them. And let's see how it grows that way and see what happens in our communities because of that. That's all I've got. Thank you so much for listening.